Welcome to this podcast from The Well, a United Methodist Church in Rosemount, Minnesota. Thank you for taking the time to listen. For more information, please check us out at thewellmn.church. Grace and peace be with you. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Good morning and welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Ed, and I am honored to be with you this morning. It's the third Sunday in Advent, and we are blessed. We're blessed because we can come together in peace. We're blessed because we can come together in a spirit of harmony and joy and celebrate with beautiful music all the way through the service. So the problem is I have a really long sermon, so how are we going to do this? (laughs) I'll talk fast because the music's more important. Uh, What announcements do we have this week? There is no Wednesday night dinner this week because of Christmas. Uh, They'll resume mid-January, so watch for that. Um, Josh, is the, is the affirming group meeting this Sunday, this Wednesday? They are not. Okay, so that's, uh, that's, we're putting that off another week. We are recommending this book, Stay Awake, by Tyler Sitt. There's some for, available at the information desk. And the holiday schedule. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, um, and we will have, this affects everyone, on Sunday morning, we're going to have one service instead of two, and it's going to be at 10 o'clock. So if you get here at 9, just settle in and talk to your friends. We'll start at 10. (laughs) It'll be okay. Uh, But it'll be a beautiful thing. And then the afternoon, we have a family contemporary service at 4 o'clock and the traditional candlelight service at 9 o'clock. And uh, I'm looking forward to all of this. I think my children and all my grandchildren will be here. We'll see. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the food pantry challenge, yes. Um, We have received well over 2,000 pounds of food. We have received, yeah. We have received well over $3,000 in money. And offerings are still coming in. You can still bring food. We'll make sure it gets to the right place. And I can't remember what we said we were going to do when we got there, but it was something, rather. (laughs) Come back after the second service if you want a chance to shave my head. Uh, That'll be fun. Oh, there's the total back there. Okay. We have our special Advent offering for these four different uh, ministries. Wick Monk, um, the Josiah Venture with Greg and Corey. Uh, They came to preach and were just amazing. Uh, Mobility Worldwide, and one of the scooters is out in the Narthex. Make sure you take a look at that. And the Simpson Housing Uh, shelter, service. And then, I'm going to give you homework. Christmas is coming. When you gather around the Christmas tree to open presents, here's your homework. I want you to read the Christmas story, and I want you to say a prayer. Oh, Pastor Ed, I don't know how to find it. I can never do that. It's too hard. I've made it easier. (laughs) If you pick one of these up on the way out today, the Christmas story is printed on here in full. You can read this, and you flip it over, and there's a prayer you can say with your family, and they'll think you're a Bible scholar, because you've got everything right at your fingertips. So be sure to take one of these with you today. Please rise as you are able for our call to worship. We are divided within ourselves with too much to do, too many people to impress, Too many demands for our attention. Awaken us with these 
We create and celebrate many unholy divisions, rich and poor, black and white, young and old, people we consider legal and people we consider illegal, progressive or conservative. Give us peace. Too often the peace we find is shallow and soothes our anxieties for just a moment. Fill us with a peace that grasps the soul and won't let go. Give us a peace large enough to hold all of your creation, O God, for it is then we will truly begin to live. Bless us with your peace. So this, as this week, as we light candles, say prayers, and enter into these last days of Advent, give us a simple gift, O God, a little child we can follow. Awaken us to your peace. Amen. Good morning. My name is Mark. This is Shirley. We will be lighting the candles in the Advent wreath this morning. We have lit the first two candles, one for hope and one for peace. Today we light the third candle, the candle of joy. Joy is all around us, in the children, the lights, the music, the gathering together. But how often do we let our preparations push joy to the side? Joy is like an underground spring that wells up within us, but joy is also a choice, an attitude, like a muscle, it needs to be exercised. So today we open ourselves to joy, trusting that God has already planted it in us. All we need to do is give it care and offer it to share. Please pray with us. Loving God, we open ourselves to you, trusting that you created us for joy-filled hearts and lives. May the gift of hope open our hearts Teach us that lasting peace comes from justice. Fill us with the kind of joy that cannot be contained, but must be shared. Prepare our hearts to be transformed by you, that we may walk in the light of Christ. Amen. I have two messages today, and I don't know if I'm going to get to both of them or not. I consider them both important, but the first one I need to say for those who weren't here last night, um, I made a terrible mistake. I forgot. Brian called me about 10 minutes to 7. I swore a little bit on the phone, <laughs> maybe a lot. <laughs> I went straight from the couch where I was sleeping to my car, and I drove here as quickly as I could, knowing I wouldn't be in time. Most notably, I passed a policeman going 75, and he didn't pull me over. I took that as a sign. <laughs> I don't normally speed. And I, I was just coming to apologize. And by the grace of God, I walked in with one minute to spare before my part with the choir. So my apologies to everyone. My apologies to the congregation. You deserve better. My apologies to the choir. You're so talented. I'm just pleased to be do, able to do something with you. My apologies to Emily and Martha and, and the staff. Um, you deserve better. But I want to use this opportunity to talk about this, this dialogue in my head. I'm going to let you in my craziness a little bit. Because maybe you have this craziness too. There's a voice in my head that doesn't like me. My daughter has a voice like that. 
And when we talked about it one day, she said, Dad, you know that voice in your head? And I can't say this in church, so how can I put this politely? <laughs> that voice is a, a really unpleasant person. Substitute the word you might put there. <laughs> and when she said that, it made me realize, yes, this voice that is constant in my head and telling me all the time the things I do wrong, and how much I goof up, and how inadequate I am, that voice will not stop. Maybe you have a voice like that. I wrestle with this. I'm confident. I'm capable on the outside. I can do all these amazing things, and I don't take that for granted. But on the inside, there's so much insecurity. There's so much that, about myself that I don't like. It makes it hard to be me. So after the concert last night, I, I went to the scriptures and I said, there must be something that will speak to this situation. Because the scriptures talk a lot about when people do something wrong. We do things that are wrong in three different categories. The one the scriptures talk about the most and the one preachers talk about the most is that we are sinners. Now to commit a sin... You need to know what's right. You need to know the commandment. You need to know what is the right thing to do. And you choose not to do it. Do some of you do that? You don't have to raise your hands. I'll do that. <laughs> it's a sin. You knew what was expected of you. You knew what God wanted you to do. And you made a choice not to do it. That is sinning. And oddly enough, even though I do that and I'm not proud of it, that's not what troubles me the most. The scriptures are clear. You have been forgiven by the grace of Jesus Christ. You are a new creation. You get a new start every single day because God's not done with you. Amen. Amen. The second way we do things wrong is like this. We use poor judgment. And even though we're trying to do the right thing, we don't. We make a mistake. I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not proud of that. But I try to learn from them. I try to set aside so I won't do that again. Learn from that mistake, Ed, so it doesn't happen over and over and over again. You know people who make mistakes and can't learn from them, don't you? That just drives me crazy. I try really hard when I've made a bad choice, when I've used bad judgment, to learn from it so I can be a better whatever in the future. That's the second way we do something wrong. We sin by choosing to do what is wrong. We make mistakes by doing the wrong thing, even though we meant it to be the right thing. And then the third one. We're human. I won't say we. I'm human. I am selfish. I live in my own head almost all the time. And to forget something this important is just feeding into that voice. You are not worthy. You are not good. You do not deserve the good things in your life. And a voice will not stop. So I found something interesting in the scriptures as I was looking for this inadvertent 
sin, inadvertent mistake. The scriptures don't say a lot about it, but there, there is something. In the Old Testament, you have priests and you have Levites, and I won't go into who they all were, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, I won't go into all of that right now. But there was another religious type of thing that you could do. Anybody could do it. You could be a Nazarite. A Nazarite takes a vow not to cut their hair, not to drink anything made from grapes, and to keep God's commandments of holiness. And people would make this Nazarite vow for all sorts of reasons. There's a famous queen whose son went off to war, and he was gone seven years, and she took the Nazarite vow, and she lived that way for the seven years till he came back. She was so grateful he came back. She lived another seven years that way. And here's the thing about the Nazarite vow. <laughs> if you get to the very end of your time period and you make a mistake, you have to start over. <laughs> so she went 21 years with that vow. There's some famous Nazarites in the scripture. There's Samson. You know, he didn't cut his hair, right? He wasn't a very good Nazarite. One of the things Nazarites can't do is be near a dead body. And he pretty much just killed everybody he met. So that, <laughs> I don't know how that vow added up for him. In the New Testament, there's John the Baptist. He's a Nazarite from birth. His parents made the vow for him. And it was a lifelong vow. Some people make it for a period of time, some for a month, some for a week. But in his case, his parents had decided he would be a Nazarite his whole life. And it shaped his preaching. It shaped what he did. Leading to his ministry the, to announce the coming of the Christ. And so as I was reading about the Nazarites last night, I came across this thing. If you make a mistake and you were inadvertently near a dead body, for example, you might go into the house and discover a dead body, you have broken your Nazarite vow. There's a way to fix it. You have to bring an offering to the Lord, a peace offering, and it has to be enough for a celebration for your whole community. I like that. There's five different kinds of offerings. If I go into them, I'll be here all day. But the peace offering was you're going to celebrate with your community the love of God and the fellowship that you have with one another. And so I've written a check today as a peace offering. And then it says, the second thing you have to do as a Nazarite when you break your vows, and this is true, is shave your head. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Cyrus the Great today, but we'll save Cyrus for another Sunday. Grace to you and peace from God, who's our Father, our Lord and Savior, who's Jesus the Christ. Amen. Advent is our season of waiting for the coming of Jesus our Lord. But he came already long ago. So what are we waiting for then? We, we wait, wait for the little child who will lead us. Let us make room for him in our hearts at this time. May Christ go with you as you leave here today. Amen. Amen.